This past Thursday at our Bible study, you all know we have a weekly Bible study, 10 a.m. Thursday morning. We had a great conversation, I think, about what a sermon is and what the point of a sermon is. And maybe you can ask some of those people what my, my answer was, my response was. But it got me thinking, a sermon is a craft. It really is something you put together. You don't just kind of just get up there. Maybe, maybe as you're listening, you kind of wonder, did he just kind of get up there? And No, there's something to it. That being said, there's always somewhere you want to go with a sermon. There's something you want to have done in the sermon. And I'm going to help you to make sure you get that today. By the time I am done with my whole deal, I need for you to be able to tell me what God does and what we do about it. Maybe that's one thing you write down. But what God does and what we do about it. Now first, I want you to imagine... Your life changed. Okay? Think of something to change in your life. Imagine that you could change your circumstances right now. What would your life look like? A lot of people try to change their life, don't they? It's a, it's a habit. It's almost religion. Every week you go to the local grocery store, you get that ticket, and you wait for those weekly numbers so your life can be changed in like 27 million different ways, Right? That change. And sometimes we say things like, well, I want to change my life for the better. Right? Imagine your circumstances. Imagine things in your life being changed. What would make your life better? Now, I I ask you that question because um, I'm going to go a different way about it because I think and I wonder quite often whether so many of us in the church, so many Christians today have a misunderstanding about what our faith is. I think we've misunderstood a very important part of our faith. Somewhere down the road, someone either told us, someone taught us, maybe we just perceived it, maybe we came up with it ourselves, but we've got this idea that our faith makes us better people. Or our faith makes me a better person. Gives me a better life. Now, on the surface, that sounds okay. We need better people in the world, right? We need better things going on. We need lives turned around and made for the better. It almost sounds really good that that's got to be the point God has. But I'm here to tell you today, my thought, that our faith does not make us better people. Instead, our faith makes us new. Now, maybe that's just a play on words. Now, John, you're just, you know, come on, it's the same thing. Maybe it is, but I'm not so sure it is. I think it has to do with a a perspective that we have. So that when I understand, when I surrender to God's will and to God's love, what I am saying, what I recognize is that I am made new. You see, I can become a better liar. I can become a better righteous person. I could become a better whole lot of stuff. Is that really what God is calling me to be? Because our faith makes us new. But for some reason, we tend to hang on to the same old, same old. Right? When, when our faith in God, when the power of God, when God's Holy Spirit tells us that we can make things new so that I can have a new attitude. Right? New attitude. Or that I could have a new outlook. 
Oh, that the future that before looks so frustrating, confusing, and hopeless. I can have a new, hopeful reality to live into. I can have new circumstances. I can treat my family in a new way. I can live life in a new way instead of the same old, same old. Because the fact of our faith is God does not make us better. God makes us new. Thank you. I was hoping somebody would say that. Because it is the fact of our faith. Now, case in point, there were ten lepers. There were ten people Ten lepers crying out at Jesus, Hey, look at me! And there were ten of those lepers whom Jesus made whole. Ten of those lepers whom Jesus gave. And each one of them got their wholeness. And they turned around and they did what Jesus told them to do. Jesus said, All right, go on about your business. You've been made well. Go on. And so you got to see all of them turning around. Yes, I was ill before. Now I'm better and things are okay. Let's do this. And, and maybe a light bulb went off in one of their minds. But one of them says, wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me I don't have to go back and live in the leper colony anymore? Are you, t- you telling me that people aren't going to look at me funny anymore? People aren't going to isolate me anymore? People aren't going to try to avoid me like I'm waving the bell in front of the grocery store. People aren't going to try to pretend like they didn't see me on the side of the road with the sign. You're trying to tell me, in fact, that I have a new life? The short answer is, brother, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Has anybody here ever experienced new life? I hope so. That's why I love our vision statement. The vision statement this church has, right? We are a church family, prayerfully united, oh, by the Holy Spirit, boldly committed to sharing a better life in Jesus Christ. No. New life in Jesus Christ. Boldly committed to sharing new life, not a better life in Jesus Christ. Have you experienced that new life? Because, brothers and sisters, that is what God gives. That is what God does. There's two things I think we need to make sure that we do when we receive that new life. First, like our light bulb friend, he realized, wait a minute, I'm not just well, I've been made new. How did he respond? He turned around. He stopped everything he was doing before he got too busy down the road, before he got too caught up at work, before he had so many other things on his mind he didn't know what to do, before he got busy with his family, before he started doing whatever else, he turned around. And what do you do next? Before he thanked God, he knelt all the way down. You might say he surrendered. And maybe that's reading too much into it. Maybe it's not. And then he thanked God. 
it's a perspective change. When you realize God gives us new life, how could we not give God thanks? And then, like our good friend Paul, if you know anything about Paul's story, you know that he was given new life. The road to Damascus, right? And the scales from his eyes and the whole bit. And in this part that we read from 2 Timothy today, and we go on with the assumption that this is Paul writing to a younger Timothy. Paul says, you know, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. That is my gospel. And as you first read that, you need to be able to say, well, Paul, that's not your gospel. That's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what Paul might be saying is, that's what changed me, Timothy. And that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm giving you. God has done this for me. And you need to know about it. So that maybe, hopefully, maybe it would encourage young Timothy in his work. Maybe it would strengthen him in his work. Maybe, if need be, it would give him new life too. Y'all with me? You see, that scares people because then we think, well, that sounds a lot like evangelism. The big E word. We don't want to do that. I'll remind you of something. If we don't do it. See, somebody had you, brought you to church one day. Somebody asked you to come. And somebody first told you about that new life. And we don't understand that we are to do the same. What we're kind of saying is, well, I deserved it, but everybody else is on their own. Y'all with me? And then understand this also. Paul would have, Paul did. He's out on the corners and he's telling everybody, he's talking to total strangers about this God, about this gospel. But in this letter that we have, with our assumption again, Paul is talking to who? He's talking to somebody he knows, somebody he loves, somebody he cares about. He's saying, Timothy, this is my gospel. Everything you know about me and everything you know about what I have to go through, this is why. But you need to know that this new life I have, I want you to have it too. So we don't have to be out in the street corners feeling like we embarrass ourselves. We might want to start with the people down. God is good. And all the time. I'm glad you know that. I'm glad you realize that. But our larger question that we've been asking over the last several weeks is, is that church growing? Remember that? So, before we decide on whether yes or no, there's a few questions that we got to ask to get there. And a couple more of those questions are, well, do they have, does that church have new life in Jesus Christ? Has that church experienced new life in Jesus Christ? Because it's really hard to offer something you yourself don't have. And does that church share new life with others? Friends, this is a message that we can give to everyone. That we can trust, we can believe, that we can put our faith in a God who doesn't make things better but that makes things new. That is what God does.
Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord God, we have come to this place. At this moment, we recognize you for all the goodness that is about you and for all the good things that you have done. For some of us, that chance at a new life is a new invitation. For some of us, it's something we've forgotten about. For all of us, God, hear our prayers when we tell you, God, we want that new life. We want to walk as your people. We ask that you forgive what we have been and make us new. In the name of our Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah.